Greetings and salutations, my fellow geeks, and welcome to the Okie Geek Podcast. I'm Michael Cross. I'm Joshua Unruh. I'm Nikki Robinson. And I'm Devin Green. On August 21st, the continental U.S. is getting a view of its first total solar eclipse in 40 years. On that date, the Science Museum Oklahoma is going to be available to help you prepare for it. And joining us is Planetarium Director Tom Arnold. Tom, welcome. Well, thank you very much. I'm very pleased to be here. We are so excited to have you here, and we are so excited to see what uh, Science Museum Oklahoma is doing. What what are you guys planning for August 21st? Oh, my goodness. We have a, a huge schedule of things that we're going to be doing. Um, um, the most important thing is we're going to be have, we'll have telescopes sitting outside for uh, for people to actually see the uh, see the sun up close and personal. Do not we're, look directly at the sun, correct? Oh, definitely do not do that. <laughs> um, in fact, that's one of the things we, we we really need to talk about to a great extent is, mm-hmm. is safety and all of this. Because, I agree. I mean, so many people are going to go outside on that day, and yeah, they know that the the eclipse is going on. And what are they going to want to do? They're going to want to look, look, look up, up. At, look up at the sun, and um, that's a very bad thing to do because. No, no amount of uh, regular sunglasses or anything like that is going to protect you. Uh, you will still burn your eyes or burn your, the retina of your eyes the longer you look at it. And it's, um, it is not a, a wise thing to do at all. In fact, you have to have very special equipment to or, in order to be able to see it without any damage mm-hmm. to your eyes at all. And that's, that's a huge thing. We, re- we really need to let the public know that... Um, this is not something you want to mess with. Yeah, is this is it worse during an eclipse, no, or is it just it, the it, fact it, that people are staring at it? It's just that you're staring at it, and whether you're looking at the the full sun or even uh, a partial sun, as we will see here from from Oklahoma City, it will still burn your retina. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to look at the sun when I was little. You, that you explains said, a lot. You mentioned that, yeah, <laughs> because <laughs> your mom told you not to. Because my mom told yeah. me not to. Which is so, so don't and be now Nikki. I have glasses. Which is That's so right. Do not exactly. look at the sun. I solely the telescopes you guys provide are mm-hmm. are special so that you can actually see very, it without having any damage. Very yes. Uh, all of the instruments that we'll have available uh, that day are going to be fitted with very, very special solar filters that will allow um, a very easy and quick way of looking at the sun and, and seeing the eclipse without any damage whatsoever. And obviously we also have the, the solar glasses uh, that we'll be selling at the museum as well that will be are, are really designed to look at the sun. So you can look at it visually with the glasses, you can look at it um, uh, through the telescopes, and we're also going to be putting the sun on, uh, we're gonna be uploading it to the internet. We'll have it live, um, not only in the museum, but we're gonna be, uh, it'll be live on YouTube as well. So people can actually watch it from, from their classrooms or wherever they happen to be. Oh, that is so uh, cool. Pretty yeah. much in, in, in real time. And that will, and in the museum, we'll actually have it with split screen. NASA is going to be um, projecting the image up to the internet as well. from all all along the path of totality. So we'll be running split screen actually in the museum between NASA and and live right outside the, the museum. You guys oh, had a lot awesome. of partnership, a lot of information from NASA on your website. Was yes. is there is that a new partnership? With not really. I mean, it's just it, it's available to any and everybody, mm-hmm. and we're we're just uh, echoing what what NASA has is providing, which is very important because it's just amazing. Yeah, Nikki. I have a funny story about NASA's website. I was taking an astronomy class with Tad Thurston, and. <laughs> 
their website was down when I had to write a paper <laughs> on Jupiter, and it was the worst thing ever. So yeah, all their information is free, but beware the maintenance cycle. It could be interesting because I, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be looking at that website um, now. People can can see it uh, through your is it your YouTube channel that you're gonna, people can watch that. Is that yes, yeah, so we'll, we'll be we'll be uh, uploading it to uh, to YouTube um, on the Science Museum Oklahoma. Uh, website, so it'll be uh, a vis visible and available for for all to see. That's wonderful because I, I, unfortunately, I guess a lot of it's just kind of the timing thing. Some schools I think might still be up, but most of them are all going back in. So yes, absolutely. Have you got kids? Have you got schools already kind of signed up to come to the Science Museum, Oklahoma? No, ma mainly because that is the first day of it's school. So fast, and yeah. There's, yeah. There's yeah. no way that they're going to uh, to get out of school on that day to come uh, to come to the museum, and that was one of the the reasons why we decided to go ahead and and do the uh, internet upload, uh, so that they could actually Watch do it, it in their see it what was going on in their classrooms. Yeah. And our, one of our biggest fears was that um, since it's the maximum part of the eclipse will occur about 107 in the afternoon. And during lunchtime, they, during yeah. lunchtime, <laughs> and also it's prime recess time for a lot mm -hmm. of the kiddos mm -hmm. as well. And what are they going to want to do when they walk outside? You're going to want to look up. Look at yep. the sun. And yeah. that would be a Friends. very bad thing to do. Yeah. Warn your children. I do know that my uh, wife, uh, my wife's principal is ordering glasses. There, she's she's already ordering several glasses to, to be Aww. ready for this. Uh, if so that way you can you can look up now of course i was thinking you there used to be you could i guess do get a box and the idea tell yes. me tell me about yeah. how that works okay that's called a camera obscura it's a nothing more than a pinhole projection actually in a, a cardboard box and what you would do you would you would put the box over your head with a hole poked in the back of it with a, a just a regular pencil and the image of the sun will then be projected on the front of the box that you can actually see uh, what's mm. going on with the sun. And you'll be completely protected that way because you're not looking at, at the hole. You're not looking at the sun. You're looking at the projection inside the box from what the, uh, the hole is producing in, in the, the backside of the uh, little box. Right, the sunlight I, is just coming straight in through the hole. I was actually I, thinking you I could take. I a, said mm -hmm, before I realized you were going to say Girl Scouts. I did not make them in Girl Scouts, I but I, I did I make, make these things as a young person. <laughs> I was going to say, hey, you could have made them in Girl Scouts. I my, think my brother got you, dragged to every single. Yeah. I, I was actually thinking what would be interesting is to take maybe if you had a lot of kids is to take a long box from comics <laughs> and put it on yeah. its side and poke several, holes in the top mm -hmm. so that you could actually see. Everybody could just kind of, because if you turn it on its side, it's got an opening that you yes, could just look absolutely. inside there and you could see a whole bunch of, it was just, because I'm coming no, up with an idea hysterical. for my wife on how several kids could watch this without without having to buy first off a whole bunch of cameras. I thought, I've got a whole bunch of empty long boxes at home <laughs> right. that I could just poke holes in. And it's yep. just, and what you do is, so the light, well, just, it, you will slowly see, I guess, the, the, the moon's. The moon coming right. in between what, the earth. What you would actually see inside the box, in fact, you're going to be able to see it on the ground uh, pretty much around a tree especially. Mm -hmm. You're going to see this curved looking um, uh, a ball of light with a, a bite taken out of it. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're going to see. And you'd be walking around also um, under a tree or by a, a flagpole or, or something of that nature. And you're, nor you're normally used to seeing a nice vertical... Um, shadow of those those straight items but they won't be straight when during the eclipse they're going to be bent 
and they're going to be bent to the amount of, of curvature that actually has been taken out of the sun. And again, this goes back to what we were talking about with Tad, where if you didn't know this was happening and you are a primitive person, this would be pretty scary. Well, it would be pretty scary. And, and I have to say with, um, with all levity behind it, that every single human sacrifice we ever did to bring back the sun worked. That's right. Defense. Amen. That's true. It's right? a 100% success rate. 100% success. And for all of yes. you out there, that was a joke. That's a place, joke. Yes. Insert a joke. There especially, will be no human oh, sacrifices at the science museum. museum. Especially okay. you teachers that are tired of telling your kids to stop looking at the sun. Do not take these jokes about human sacrifice seriously. <laughs> yeah, do not take them seriously. Or no. you could also say No matter that, how attractive it may be in the moment. Yeah, you could also say that every human sacrifice that wasn't successful also worked. It also worked too, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> For those people who didn't have the human sacrifice, the sun still came back. And now we are only getting about an 85%, but that's still going to be fairly impressive. It's going to be very impressive. In fact, um, uh, Outside, the, the contrast as a result of this much reduction of the sunlight is going to be incredible. It would be as though the entire landscape around you has been photoshopped. Oh. Uh, it's, it's, it's hard to describe if you've never seen it, but it really changes the entire nature of the landscape. Colors become more vivid. Um, images become sharper. Uh, like I said, it's just really? as though you had photoshopped an image. Yeah, and we have I not had one for forty years has, at, right. at this level. Anyone here seen a eclipse before? I, long time ago. Not long not time not ago, physically not I, being. I mean, I I remember. Well, wait, you said we haven't had one in forty years. Obviously, I'm not forty, so obviously I've never seen. Wait, one. Yeah. how? I thought it was less than that. I thought we had a partial. Nineteen seventy nine. You've had we, we've yeah. had uh, annular I'm, eclipses. Okay. We've had partial eclipses. We've had lunar so eclipses. It's not we've over, had plenty so it's of not, lunar yeah. eclipses. It's not over forty years. Yeah, it's, the last was, one was, was actually nineteen seventy nine. Yeah. So yeah. Almost so I was alive. Years. I saw it. Okay. I uh, was. <laughs> well, you said over forty, and I'm like, wait a minute. Nine, I remember nine this. years not born. So right. Yeah. You were Shut a, up, Nikki. You were a glimmer. Yeah. Nikki was, yeah. I was a thought, not even a thought. But for, for yeah, I, I remember okay. it happening in 1979. I don't think I remember, I, I can't remember if our school did anything or not. Um, I'm sure we had to have, but uh, of course I would have been in fifth grade, so I'd, yeah, the, well, <laughs> I just The last remember. solar eclipse that uh, has been really um, widely watched across the country was in 1970. Mm -hmm. uh, that was a probably one of the, the longest solar eclipses that is going to be visible, uh, I think, for the next 300 years. Mm. Uh, anyway, it was almost seven minutes of totality. Yeah, that's, Tad um, mentioned that. It started and um, just offshore in the Pacific, uh, right off of southern Mexico. Uh, the path came up through Mexico and then swung up through the, um, uh, just offshore, really, from the East Coast and actually exited right out through Nova Scotia. Wow. And, um, well, if and when you, you all, when all you, when remember you say Carly path. Simon's song, which uh, um, You're So Vain, mm -hmm. well, she even mentions the, the, the total, total eclipse, eclipse of yeah. the sun That's right. That's right. That's right. in Nova Scotia. So that was an extremely uh, impressive event, and it was, it was so rare to have a, a totality that long that... Um, this is one of the, it's also one of the kinds of events that astronomers will go to pretty much the ends of the earth in order to be able to see. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that one, because it was so very long, 
uh, we had we had expeditions from literally every every major country mm-hmm. on earth were collected in a little valley in southern Mexico, <laughs> the south of Oaxaca. Wow, that's and how it's becoming in the northwest right now. Northwest right now. Yeah. Yes, it is. Because yes. my dad lives up there. He lives in uh, southern Illinois, and like they've had people offer to rent their rooms oh, tons and of money. stuff. Yeah. Oh, yes, and, like, absolutely. Because he has Tad like a five or six bedroom house and they're, they're like, can we have one of your rooms? And he's <laughs> like, I don't know you. I was like, dad, this is normal on the internet nowadays. <laughs> this is a thing. This is a thing. It's called Airbnb. Yeah. Look into it. So they just kind of find people that have extra rooms and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, but no, it's Okay, a, but it's when a, you say the path, you're talking about the Pinum. The, the, the path of totality, which actually is deep inside the umbra. Yeah. Uh, that's where that's you where have That's where it's the totality. darkest, and that's, that's where, yes, where the, the dark, darkest and the longest. And the most complete eclipse. Yes. Was, Just that, to clarify for those that. And how long is this know. one going to be? If you, were, if you were along the path of totality, it would be roughly two minutes and 20-odd seconds. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was going to be like... So very short. Yeah. In two, comparison. Three it's very yeah. short in comparison to the one in 1970. Yeah. Yes. Uh, now, it, it, does, it, does it travel in a certain... From east to west to west to east, is, and is it always that way? It, it's always that way from west to east. West to east, okay. Then because of where the... Because of orbit... Etc. Yes. yes, exactly. <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry, my brain went. As a, yeah. yeah, as a person who will be home on that day with his child, when would be the best times for us to? I mean, obviously, like at the moment of the eclipse, which you said was about one. Yeah, maximum for us right here will be about one oh seven, if memory uh, is. I just correct. love that astronomy can pinpoint to like the minute. Yeah. it's going to yeah, be we, around one oh seven. Very you know, practical giant astronomical people. objects are moving around in a way that we can predict down to the minute. It's I love cool. practicality. We're cool. We can. Which yeah. is really neat, yes. Astrophysics is always on time. You know, they can always <laughs> yes, do the math for it. So I appreciate that. As someone that's always early to every event. Yeah. Just like <laughs> punctuality. Punctuality. So very punctuality very appreciative. But so 107 is the, <clears throat> excuse me, the moment of truth, so to speak. But like. You'll have we'll be able to see something interesting. Yes, for it'll act, you'll have what's what's called first contact uh, about eleven thirty. Okay, and that's when the the moon will just touch the very edge of the sun, and then final contact as the moon moves away from the sun will be at about two uh, thirty, as I recall, in the afternoon. Nikipedia right now is giving me is showing me what that means. She has done her homework, people. Hand signals are showing me. So this again, like like a, and of course, seen many many um, lunar eclipses. This is not something I keep on thinking that you, we were talking about two minutes and twenty seconds. That's just the total time That's the, that the, it would the, be the total amount of time that you of totality yeah. that uh, you would be able to see, or in our case the maximum of the eclipse. But in between 11.30 and 2.30, using special equipment, you could actually see a bite being taken out Absolutely. of the sun. Absolutely. That's amazing. Yep. And I do know that the Metro Library uh, is handing out glasses. Yeah, they're having parties. They're having, they're, they're handing out part, the classes, no they're having parties, they're doing party. things as well. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's a pretty big deal, but I understand that we don't have to wait very long for our next one for some reason. 2024 yeah. is, is the next big eclipse, and it's going to be um, quite spectacular as well. Where's uh, that taking place? It'll at? start at a little offshore out in the Gulf of Mexico, swing up through Texas, go almost right over Dallas-Fort Worth, and continue get on your, up. Get uh, your hotels now, right? <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> now, were you at all tempted to, I mean, because you, you have a job here, were you at all tempted to go somewhere where you could see it? Oh, absolutely. No, I, 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 what <laughs> I was actually with an wanting eclipse to cold. do was to uh, go up to Wyoming and actually watch the eclipse over, um, not going to be necessarily over the Tetons, but since it's just a little bit south of Jackson Hole, it would still be over the uh, of that range of mountains. And I just can't imagine what totality would look like directly uh, over those so gorgeous mountains. Beautiful. It would be go up on top of Devil's Tower where they right. formed close encounters of the third kind. Ah. <laughs> I think that would be the greatest place to see it, I think. Because ah. it's got to be uh, just um, amazing. Again, I've, 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 it's kind of neat that we have not really experienced something of, of this magnitude for almost 40 years in North America. And we're all very excited. Do you, do you feel like people are getting more interested in astrophysics? Does it does it peak interest in the planetary, the heavenly bodies when things like this happen? Uh, yes, it certainly does. Uh, I don't think there's any, any doubt about that whatsoever. But we have seen such an uptick uh, in terms of attendance in the planetarium in the last year that um, it's... It's really striking as to how many people are actually showing up. And that pretty much goes for the entire museum because we're seeing a lot more people in the museum too. So I think the overall interest in science, uh, whether it be astrophysics or, or any of the other sciences, is, is increasing because technology today is, is going up at such an alarming rate. And we're making amazing discoveries literally all the time. Mm -hmm. um, the, the textbooks that were are written, let's say in astronomy or astrophysics today, or would literally be out of date in two or three years. Yeah. And they're That's constantly having to update things. So it's a great time to be alive. It um, really is. <laughs> like I'm a huge follower of astrophysics and science and stuff. And that's exactly what you said, you know, like what we discover now is going to change in two years. Oh, and absolutely. Yeah, it yeah. just is amazing well, what's and that's, going on. That's what makes places like the Science Museum so vital. Is and so important to the community. They make it accessible. They make it, um, and, and they can keep up with the, with the pace. Yes, as right. far as, yes you we know, can. Yes. So, you and it's so these, important for the kids, too, because yeah. my daughter's super, super into science. Like, we built our first computer which was one of those Raspberry Pi computers, you know, those little ones. She did it all herself. She learned what a processor was, a motherboard was, you know, how to hook up a speaker and all that stuff. And that's things that are going to, like, for us, it's like, okay, a specialist does that, you know, a, a specialist. Yeah. But these are things that every kid's going to learn to do in school, and it's just going to be a common it's thing, a very common for, thing. Yeah. thing for yeah. them. And so it's got to be important, I guess, also to, to make sure that those kids are entertained i don't want to belittle the well, that but uh, but to make sure that they are engaging is, yeah, yeah it, it is. entertainment is has got to be a huge part of what we do and it is mm -hmm. i mean that yeah. was one of the ways that we we communicate with people is through um, uh, making something interesting making it entertaining making it funny Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. is, is one of the oh, things that yeah. really uh, science is, live yes. yeah science yes. good time. science, science is live funny. Yes. good times uh, yeah. declared by my I think he was two the first time I took my son to the Science Museum and we went to Science Live and it was further from then on it has been the explosion show. Yeah. <laughs> so while we're there, will we be going to the explosion show? Well, of course we'll be going 100%. to the explosion show. Yes. 
It's explosions, boy. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Of course. We've got to see the explosions. It's and, a science museum. And it's, it's the science museum of Oklahoma has gotten so huge. It's wonderful. It's almost impossible to see it all in one day. It's a marvel. That's true. I mean, you can. there's so much to do in the, in the museum that you could spend literally the entire day and still not experience everything. Yeah. Uh, that's why we, we encourage people to... Uh, come, come again. Get passes. Get, get passes. Yeah. memberships. Say, and memberships will absolutely. pay for themselves. Uh, especially like I have two kids. Like those that that thing pays for itself. Uh, it does. Within it does. a few months. It does. It does in different ways too because. Um, the planetarium was the particular. I mean, there was obviously lots of stuff that uh, that my son lo- loved to do in the science museum, but the planetarium was his particular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, from a young age, when I was like, I'm not sure that you can sit still in this tiny dark Dude, room, you know. Me. And he was fine because he was just into it. And so once we had the pass, we could literally. Oh yeah, we'll just. It's like just about that. We knew when. Yeah, we knew when the show times right. were. It was just yeah. like we'll just stop. We'll yeah. do the 40 minute show, mm-hmm. and just. You know, go on with our day now, and and that was easy and possible with the pass. Yes. Whereas I don't think I would recommend that. No, Co- it's not cost effective without <laughs> no. the pass. But, but, like, but, like but I mean, we would do that. Passes, I mean, we could do that two or three twice, times a week. Yes. You, and you pay for your pass. Just do the planetarium. He would be just overjoyed about it, and it would. Uh, I mean, essentially, I cost be us nothing because we had already bought the pass. So yeah, highly recommended. Yeah, and yes. I can, and also the science and the yeah. science lab as well, and and things Ooh, the like curiosity, that. Curiosity. Yeah. That, uh, uh, my daughter so cool. actually loved uh, when you had the human body display it's still up is it it's still there? up yeah it's yeah. still there she and, and in, in loves, weeks to come we will be talking loves, to the people who were the yeah. bodies revealed and the ray harryhausen because those are fabulous because yes they, they really are it's um, it's pretty grotesque like for me i was like i don't know if my eight-year-old really should see this but she loved it Jane she's so much into the science she just yeah loves any, any kind of science but she loves life science she too. does and, and like she like when she was Two or three, she had this, that book that you know you turn a page and it takes the, the skin off, the skin off, yeah. and then you turn a page, it takes the muscle oh, yes. off, and then you yeah. turn a page, it takes this, you know it's the nervous system, and then the skeleton and stuff. She's always been into that, and like we had, we bought her a fake brain for Christmas, sure. and she was the yeah. happiest camper so in the world. Good. So, like it, if you actively engage with your mm-hmm. kids with these things like even though you might think ew they probably aren't gonna like this is gross you'll be surprised yeah you'll be sure. surprised what and they she's get gonna into. end up working and she's, she's gonna be a know, brain surgeon or something yeah i was gonna say she's gonna be a brain <laughs> surgeon or- that, and tom it's it's really important that to to for for our girls to make sure that uh, they are they keep yes. up their interest as well because we oh, need sure. more women absolutely in, uh women in science is something that you know i have advocated for the last 30 years uh, because in Good fact, you, some some of the greatest uh, astronomers and astrophysicists are are female. Yeah, and, and, and historically, and yes, historically. And historically as well. Uh, but the classification of stars was done by a woman. Yes, it was. Right. Annie Jump Cannon. Yep, exactly. Nicopedia, take a drink. Go yeah, Nicopedia. Right. Right Seriously, <laughs> dude. When it comes to astronomy, no, I, I know. Don't we're, play in, we're, we're in your wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah, totally. This, this is and Bailiwick. What? What gets me though was it her that like they wouldn't take her research seriously, so she had to give it to a man, and then the he had to. to yes, sh- there to there was actually it. several of those. Uh, Henrietta Leavitt was another yes. one uh, that was really kind of just put on the shelf. Uh-huh. Uh, Cecilia Payne was another Cecilia one. Cecilia Payne, yeah, was uh, also incredible. Um, and in fact, one of her 
I, I actually have one of her introductory astronomy books that she oh, wrote for wow. for her uh, her oh, classes, cool. and um, uh, yeah, it's it's thirty years out of date, but it. But for the, the time, way, though, the way that she wrote it was was incredible. It, it unlike a lot of the other textbooks that are are very very dry and um, just nothing but facts. So much passion about it. Yeah, she had the passion into oh, it, cool. and that. That to me was wonderful, and I, that's one of the reasons that I, I still have that book even today. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Tom, you said you'd been with, or we talked earlier about the fact that you've been now with the Science Museum of Oklahoma for two years. Almost where, two years. Where were you before that? Um, I've actually been director of uh, other planetariums around the country. Uh, I was director in the of Science Place Planetarium in Dallas. Uh, assistant director of the planetarium in San Antonio, director of the planetarium in Hutchinson, Kansas, and <laughs> assistant director in South Carolina. So you've been all over the place. Yeah, I've been yeah. all over the place. I like how yes. you're like Texas, Kansas, Texas, Kansas, South Carolina, Oklahoma. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See the pattern though? It's like, it's a bit hot. I'm going to go back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Was there something that drew you here besides just simply that there was a job? Was there, was there something that drew you to Oklahoma? Not really. It was pretty much the job. Yeah. Okay. Which is, I completely understand. I and and I just we all grew up. I don't know if you if you knew, but we all grew up with the place being called the Omniplex. Yes. Yes. And so uh, people still the, call it the Omniplex. Sure. And well, some I think, of us stubbornly. And yeah. Nobody gets mad. I, no, we just, I think I think also the same reason we call the the National Western Heritage Museum uh, it, we used to call Cowboy it the Cowboy Hall, Hall of Fame. Fame and it's just kind of because stuck National as the, Western because N C W H M is it's hard to it's say like, it's like it reminds me of every time they re, they reference Shield like dude you you've got to get you just really like, you just really <laughs> wanted that to say Shield yeah well yeah and I I actually but I I what I was was leading to is I think that more and more people are getting used to saying Science Museum Oklahoma yes I think Omniplex, they are too yes um, which is exciting mm -hmm. uh, because it, it puts us in a the, in in the same level as several of the other museums uh, across the country that we're trying to stay accurate with and compete with in in essence yes absolutely um we essentially do a kind of a comparison pretty much uh, fairly often, in fact, between our attendance and what we offer versus other museums around the country as well. And uh, what we're finding is that, you know, we are right up there with uh, with the best of them. That's wonderful. Um, do you, I have no doubt. I I can't help but correlate the attendance to these science museums to the generation that is now having children and taking them there, uh, like our generation. Yeah, and having grown up going to, mm -hmm. yeah. is that what you mean? Yeah, like, and like a lot of our generation more accepting of science and we're starting to move away from more... Yeah, it, well, What's it's, the word? it's, it's we, we grew up with these. We, we yeah. grew up with, in, in a realm of science. Uh, myself, born in 1969, the year they we landed grew up on the moon. sci-fi and so, stuff like that. Yeah. So, like, all this is very exciting to us because I grew up on Star Trek. And so, like, all this. So is, did I. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go, yeah. And, so, so, and so is mine. Yes. Like, it just keeps rolling. And uh -huh. so, like, you know, a lot of these things that we saw on Star Trek, we're actually starting to see nowadays with, like, 3D printers and oh, yes, yes. things that are, you know, like we're going farther out into space. I think sure. we, 
last several years, our our uh, satellite just left the solar system for the first time. I can't and remember still, what There's still it's talk called. about us going to Mars. I mean, there are mm-hmm. exciting things going on. The James on right Webb now. Telescope, which I've been waiting to launch for forever, is about yeah. to James launch. Webb. Uh, that's going to be an incredible I achievement. I cannot and wait. For what that. It's going to be amazing. What is the James Webb uh, Telescope? James. It's, he, James is fantastic. James is, <laughs> James is just going yeah. to space. He's going to tell us all about it. Well, uh, J- James Webb was. It was actually this telescope was named for the one of the first administrators of NASA. Oh. In fact, uh, as if memory recall recalls correctly, he was actually uh, director of NASA when uh, during the the Moon program, mm-hmm. uh, the Apollo Sweet. program. And they have created this, uh, this enormous uh, new telescope, uh, a deep space telescope that's going to be launched. Uh, I think it's in 2018, if memory I think serves. one panel is like three feet by three feet, and yeah, there's they're, like... they're enormous. And wow. six or seven it's going of them. to be looking not it's made out of beryllium, by the yeah, way. Nicopedia, take a drink. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, it's good. And it's like two or three times bigger than the Hubble telescope? Yes, it is. It's, it's going to be an enormous telescope. And Absolutely. L- well, if for those that don't know, I think in the Hubble telescope, the PlayStation 2 processor is in the Hubble yeah. telescope. It's old. It's old. Yeah. And yeah, the, very old. Well, the but Hubble we were, was launched in but what? But that's 90, so cool. Yeah, but it's so cool that it's like the yeah. same processor that's in the PlayStation 2 is yeah. in the Hubble telescope. And you talked about how technology is changing so much. And just, I mean, we're talking about a 25-year-old telescope that's up there that we're mm-hmm. depending on. It's time to, to put up something a little bit more. Well, well the, it, you consider the, the kinds of images that we get back from, get from the Hubble. Yeah. And images. those are 8-bit uh, uh, chips in there that are actually mm-hmm. gathering that light. And the, the new James Webb will, of course, have uh, the latest and greatest technology, mm-hmm. which is... Uh, Ultra 4K HD. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, something along those lines. So... Just looking at the the technology difference between the time of Hubble and now the time of James Webb, um, it, it's just the astronomy books just will not be able to keep up with the uh, the exactly. level of technology that we're going to be adding and the new information and uh, it just it's like I said before this is a very exciting time to be alive. Will Webb also just be in orbit, or it's going to—it's going to be—it's going to be in the orbit of around Earth. We're no. not actually—we're actually sending it. Well, it, it's not—it'll it, not be in low Earth orbit like uh, the Hubble is. It'll actually be out at one of the Lagrangian points, mm-hmm. uh, way, way out beyond the orbit of the Moon, even. Oh, dude, I'm. I'm reading seven of's again, and yeah, I know exactly seven what that is. Yeah. So the launch, <laughs> I'm, the I'm launch only reading date it for the, for the James time. Webb tentatively is October 2018. So, and apparently it cost 10 billion U.S. dollars as of 2016. Okay. <laughs> so, Worth it. Yeah. I am all for it. Like my tax put, dollars, I want the, I want it going to that. Like I wish you could elect where your tax dollars yeah. go to. Science. All of it would just be like NASA. I NASA, still want to go NASA, off. NASA. Uh, is it still going to be in orbit of Earth? Is yes, it, it'll be in it a just, very uh, long elliptical yeah. orbit of the Earth, but it'll be so far out that we won't have to. You don't have to worry about any uh, uh, interference from the light from the Earth, or the Moon, or anything else. It'll be out there in the black. Because that's space. one of the problems that's with fantastic. the telescopes that are on Earth sure. is they get so much interference from the atmosphere. Oh, absolutely, yeah. and that's and that's one of the reasons you're finding uh, so many of the the new enormous instruments that are be, being built are down in the uh, uh, the Atacama Desert in Chile. Mm-hmm. Uh, because down there, the the atmosphere is so incredibly clear and um, free of 
any kind of pollutants or anything else. And it's there's very little moisture, and this is one of the driest places on Earth. So mm -hmm. there's nothing to scatter the light in the atmosphere. So that's why the Europeans are building what's now called the extremely large telescope. Uh, it's a, the mirrors alone will, would cover the, an entire soccer field. Wow. That's fantastic. That's I want to go there. Yeah. I, ooh. That makes me nervous climbing? thinking about moving it. Like, like I'm having a little anxiety thinking about having to move the soccer field mirror. Yeah. <laughs> well, luckily, there's a whole bunch of mirrors. Yeah, it's a whole bunch sectioned together. And they're Pink, usually yeah. octagonal and they. Yes, they are. That is amazing. And I'm, like I said, it's just it's, it's, it's <laughs> interesting. Well, and it, it's what it is it's, it's my generation of people who grew up now at an age where we can start building these things. Mm -hmm. and, yes. and just. And so our excitement when we were kids of, of science. So that's how important it is to get science to our kids now. To give you an idea of the importance of this new, uh, the extremely large, and that is we only have been able to detect the presence of planets around other stars. And what this telescope will allow us to do is take spectra of those planets to determine exactly what their atmospheres are made of. Awesome. Um, that's and that's, that's been a, a dream of, uh, of astronomers for forever, but is to be able to analyze a distant planet, not a distant, distant star. We've been able to do that since the, the 1850s, but this is actually getting down to the point of planets. So that's amazing. Can, can yeah, I it explain really is. what the spectra is? Sure, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, and uh, the Nicopedia, take a drink. Okay. All right, so, so the spectra will be able to see through the atmosphere mm -hmm. what molecules and what chemicals are in the yeah, air. The, so by that, by spectral what analysis, color, we can from tell what you. colors are missing or are present right. from the light coming off of the star. What up? And that tells us what it's composed of. Yeah. Yep. Yes, that tells us what the atmosphere is actually composed of. So like if it's very red, we know it's hydrogen. Yes, if right. precisely. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's amazing, it's and blue, we're just we're just looking know, through, the, through, through the through the suns. The the and again the problem is we've been seeing suns and stars uh, far away because they give off light. The problem is planets don't give off any light, so it's no, not as don't. easy to see them. They they reflect the light of their star. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And exoplanets are uh, we're just now really just scratching the surface on what we're oh, able to absolutely. see. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Back in the 1990s, uh, with the idea of of even detecting another planet around a star was um, was just way out there almost in science fiction and then uh, a fellow over in Europe actually uh, said now wait a minute there, there's some there's some ways that we can actually do this and he kind of went off on his own and um, and used a method uh, looking at the uh, uh, the dimming actually of the light of the star almost like the, as an the, eclipse the planet happening it, it, yeah. it's a lot like yeah. that but when you're dealing with a star, of course, you're dealing with, with uh, a great deal of light. And a planet relative to the, uh, the disk of a star is so incredibly small. Mm -hmm. So that means you have to, to look extremely precisely measure that, that dip in that star's brightness in order to be able to see it. <laughs> it's so and tiny. that's what he pioneered. And uh, that was the first way that we were able to determine that there's a, a body going around this star. The second way actually is looking at the stars wobble back and forth as planets move around it because the gravitational tug of those, of those planets actually moves that star back and forth 
as the planets orbit around it. So that's the second way that we detect planets around a, a well, distant you know, star. Because if we're not in the we're not in the elliptical, if we're not, then we you might not cross in front of us, but it might yeah, actually exactly move up right. Down. I mean, that means that the uh, the plane of the ecliptic of that solar system has got to be directly in our line yeah. of sight. And if it's not, of course, we wouldn't see anything. Yeah, it's just, and it's amazing that we're able to see. And then I think the, the was it the Tellist system that they found seven planets within the, yes, the, yes. the, 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 Goldilocks, the Goldilocks zone? zone. Actually, uh, there's seven the planets in the, in the system, but there's only, there's three planets actually in the Goldilocks yeah. zone. And that's just amazing that we can we might be able to actually see what's on those well at least what the atmosphere is made. Yeah, of. once the uh, the extremely large is is under construct is constructed and uh, and up and running, I'm pretty sure that's what they're they're going for is to <laughs> look at the, the atmosphere of those of those uh, planets. Is there a certain uh, thing that Webb is is wanting to do with its telescope? Have they got a plan for? I mean, other than just looking at things randomly its, it's specific purpose is looking at uh, very very young uh, objects Good. and we'll have uh, we'll have this telescope looking at those we'll have the the Hubble still available as long as it's it's operational sure. of course looking at still looking at white light like we're used to seeing with a regular telescope so and then of course we have radio telescopes on top of that and we have uh, gravitational wave telescopes and things of this nature. So the point is right now we're able to see just about the entire electromagnetic spectrum. Any, any way that an object can produce energy, we are able to analyze it and, and now we can kind of give a unified um, approach to the physical nature of the universe. And because of citizen scientists and because of the internet, we're actually able to have more people looking. Oh, without a doubt. In fact, there's, there is so much going on right now. In fact, I was reading here recently, there's a group of amateur astronomers that are actually aiding um, professional astronomers looking at uh, the planet Uranus, mm -hmm. Uranus. Mm -hmm. And what we're able to see now, even with a, an amateur sized telescope, we're able to monitor the clouds as they move uh, around oh. around the planet. Oh, wow. So <laughs> wow. professional astronomers, of course, have to have to uh, vie for time on telescopes mm -hmm. and it's really hard to get it. But if you can get a, a whole bunch of amateur astronomers and they're out at their telescopes just about every basal sure. line, then um, that adds to the, the, well, the amount more, of knowledge. Yeah. The more eyes you have on something, exactly. the exactly. more, I mean, even if it's from a, I think I said this when Tad was here, even if it's from an amateur perspective, it might not be a perspective that a professional would have thought of because they have this professional mindset. Right, that almost might be better because it's kind of, the, the amateur astronomer would think kind of out of the, outside mm -hmm. the box in essence. Yes, yes. And here's another little, little thing that's really kind of interesting is when I was growing up, the, the best photographs that we had of the, uh, of the universe were produced by the, uh, the Palomar Telescope, 200 inch in California. Mm -hmm. And um, the quality of those images were not all that good. But now with, with the new technology using CCD cameras and uh, uh, the telescopes that we have today, we can literally blow away. There's no, no comparison between what they were getting out of a 200-inch telescope and what we can get now out of a 10-inch telescope yeah. is just, it's incredible. Yeah, it's phenomenal how much things have changed yes. so much. Yeah. And how and, beautiful and so it is. Oh my 
gosh. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. see the nebula, like the Helix Nebula is hands down my favorite of all time because it looks like a cat she's eye. Got a, she's got a favorite nebula, you guys. I, hey. I mean, that's, like no, it's wonderful. I, I just, Oklahoma it's also, almost had an astronomical object, a state astronomical object. There was a lawmaker who was trying to make. What was it? I, the Rose Nebula. Yeah, oh, yeah the Rose Nebula. And I'm like, one? I don't think you could. Because and I what do you just dibs? That happens all the time. Scissor tail flycatcher is our bird. Why? Because you can find it in yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah, the mistletoe. We got roses here. Shut up. These, but <laughs> I'm just saying. Right, we got roses. We got yeah. rose rocks. We got yeah. rose rocks. That's Ooh, fine. Rose rocks. Anyway, yeah, I just, just thought I'd bring that up. Tenuous, it is, it is tenuous right friends. August twenty first, uh, and it's pretty much. Uh, is it all the horse day head thing? Nebula is pretty. Well, cool like too. I said, it, the first contact will be about eleven thirty, and then uh, the last contact will be about two thirty. Right. And, and now, oh, I'm sorry. Just really quick, if you uh, if you follow our social media, which you should, um, the details for all of the festivities going on at the Science Museum are going to be on our. Yeah social media so I'll make sure and post those just fyi just wondering what else is going on at the planetarium right now yeah what well um we are we're doing several things in terms of uh, as, as i said before we're trying to make our our presentations not only informational but entertaining and that's one of the things that we have been working very hard on for the last last year really is making um making kids really set up and take notice. In fact, here's an example that we had a, a very young boy, I guess he was probably eight or nine years old, and this was just a couple of days ago, came up to us after the show and, and said, you know, I thought this was really gonna be boring. <laughs> it wasn't. That's, <laughs> That's a fantastic great. compliment yes. to give. That is a from, win hey, as a yeah. teacher. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what yeah. I got. I got yeah. the 10-year-old, and if that's what you hear, I thought it was going to be boring, but it wasn't. It's like, yeah. yes, big win. <laughs> Literally win. nothing better. Yeah. Literally, yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic. That's wonderful. So you're, you're working on that. Uh, when are your shows? We have shows at 11, at 1, 2, and 3. Okay. And do they vary? Are they? Well, what I know we, they're seasonal. What we do... What we do we allow the audience to tell us what you want to see. Cool. We give we give the audience a chance a, a, a selection of three things. We can stay and look look at constellations. We can look at planets, or we can go into deep space. And then they. Oh, that's such a hard decision. Okay. Yes. <laughs> well, but look, there's three shows. You just got to pack the crowd you with your voter yeah. block exactly. right. each and, time. And what, okay. what what we do the is internet army must assemble based on. Uh, the audience response to, to all of those questions, we can we normally do what we call a triple threat show. We do a little bit of everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, if they want um, just planets, we'll do just planets. If they want nothing but deep space, we'll do deep space. If they want constellations, we'll do constellations. But nine times out of ten, it's going to be a triple threat. That means we'll have a, a little bit of everything. And normally, deep space gets the biggest response. Sure. So we'll do a little bit of constellations, a little bit of planets, and a lot of deep space. When you talk of planets, is it just it's just the planets in our solar system. Correct? That's correct. Okay. Yes, we don't we don't go into the exoplanets at this point. And, well, and, and who knows? I mean, in ten years, we might well, be able the, to. We might be able to. Absolutely. We might be able to do that. 
It's, you know, with the idea that when our children are starting to have children, that what, what we will be able to see at the, the Science oh, Museum of Oklahoma Planetarium would be amazing. I don't it, really yeah, want to talk about that, Michael. Yeah, it'll I mean, be incredible. We don't incredible. want to talk about our kids having kids. I really want to take the Discovery ship um, from Cosmos. <laughs> yes, oh, that was, that the was, ship yes. of the imagination. <laughs> the and I want mind. Neil deGrasse Tyson driving. And like, it's it's uh, super, Brian super Cox driving. I'm That's guessing fine. I because I remember going to Science Museum Oklahoma or when it was the Omniplex Planetarium. But I'm guessing that that facility itself it has changed dramatically over the past few years. Yes, it uh, it certainly has changed, and uh, we are constantly in a an effort to try to continue to, to upgrade things and and be as as uh, cutting edge as we possibly can mm-hmm. be. And what else is going on? We were gonna, we're gonna, like I said, we're going to be talking to the Ray Harryhausen people. We're going to be talking about to the bodies revealed. Uh, so what else is going on at the Science Museum of Oklahoma outside of those that, that you know of? Well, we just have the, the regular, um, we have Science Live, of course. We've mm-hmm. already talked yeah. about that. We have uh, a lot of the other exhibits that are going on in the museum constantly. Um, curiosity, of course, is always a huge curiosity. And it's really... It's a wonderful exhibit, and the kids just absolutely love it. And that's that's where uh, they spend a great de- a great deal of their time, actually, with back there in the, in the Curiosity area. Oh, sure, I can believe that. Yeah, I want to get back to the eclipse because I just now thought of a question. Sure. What will scientists be looking at this eclipse, and what are they looking for? Is there going to be some kind of science scientific reveal because of this? Okay, let let me back up a little bit because. Eclipses are, have a tremendous amount of scientific importance. In fact, the way that we were able to, or the way that Albert Einstein was able to prove that the theory of relativity was real and was true was because of a solar eclipse. Because we, he, in his theories, he speculated and calculated that the mass of the sun would actually bend starlight. So that means that during a solar eclipse, if there's a star uh, fairly close to the edge of the sun, but behind the sun, that star would be visible in front of it. And it was. Wow. And on top of that, of course, that's the only time that we can actually see uh, explosions called prominences on the sun because you'll see them along the edge of the sun and just outside the, uh, the area of the moon. And they'll be so like solar flares. So is that like so, yeah, yeah, solar prominences, solar flares, all are going to are visible along the edge of that the makes sun sense at that time. Because in Castlevania, because. they. <laughs> well, yeah. They, and here's where Nikki Here's where Nikki winning at science kind of takes a dive. Right. Well, no, no. This is where gaming wait, takes Castlevania. Gaming goes up a level because they <laughs> they used that in. In one of their video games, they had an eclipse, which is when Dracula shows up, and then (laughs) they showed the solar flares during the eclipse. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're keeping tabs, this is the third time Castlevania has come. This is the third (laughs) episode in a row. Castlevania has come up in reference to science. Thanks, Netflix. And usually that's when we see these images of these explosions are from those time periods. Yes, which, if you want to do a cool experiment to kind of show how like that. a yep. solar eclipse or it's solar flares happens, if you, so say you have a cup of coffee and you put creamer in it, and you know how you, the creamer is underneath and it's kind of swirling when you stir it and it breaks the tension from the top, that's kind of how solar flares work. 
is when it breaks the kind magnetic tension from the top. You're just trying and to get your cred back. Yeah. And, uh, no, I, no, that's what they taught I'm, me I'm in, in this drama. I'm kidding. <laughs> so it's just, I mean, it's amazing. And at this Sorry. time, these are these are times we snark. actually can measure how high they You're are. That kind of thing. Yeah. And on top of that, there's one more <laughs> important thing that you can see during a solar eclipse that you can't see any other time, and that is the solar corona. That is the, uh, the, the, corona. the, the upper no, atmosphere no, no. of the sun. Yeah. Which and it's is actually hotter, the hotter, than the sur- yeah. hotter than the surface of the sun. It's almost a million degrees. Yeah, I, I, I was always amazed by crazy. that because I guess that's where everything is actually burning off. Is that why that's it's so hot? That's because heat rises. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean... <laughs> no, that's actually Simplistic why. answer, but yeah. Yes, because uh, like... Heat right. rises is so like sure. the the most it, well, but because it's expanding. Heat expands. Yeah. Yeah. It's expanding. The, 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 yeah. it's it's going out. That's why we are warm down here. In, Dude, in astronomy class, there are going, several what? moments in astronomy when my mind was blown. One was my mind is flat and it has an edge, <laughs> and I was like. Uh, Can I tell you the two times my mind was blown in astronomy class? Go. One was was a Hubble spacecraft image where the Hubble would focus in on a dark area where the no one could see image. and then zoomed in and then took another dark space and zoomed in on that and took another dark space and zoomed in on that and you still see all these stars everywhere and my my scientist and my teacher said just so you're aware those aren't stars those are, those galaxies. are galaxies and space image. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's called the hubble You're deep like, field yeah it's and we big. we end just about every one of our planetarium shows with the hubble deep field <gasps> yes it, nice it's the best. okay guys let's knock off and go to the planetarium hundreds of millions of stars <laughs> themselves yeah bi- bi- each one of the uh, the points of light in in the hubble deep field of course is a galaxy those galaxies are made of billions and billions of blazing suns <laughs> and right now as a result of the hubble deep field we now know there's over two trillion that's with a t galaxies in the entire cosmos ah that's amazing there's a lot going on out there y'all the other one the other one was was uh was talking about how a supernova happens Mm -hmm. and uh why um because everything's collapsing why it would explode and he took two balls and and put one on top of the other and dropped both of them one of them's right on top of the other I've never even seen this just playing around. I don't know how I missed this as a kid. If you drop them both at the same time, when they both hit the ground, the, th- the one on top goes flying just incredibly fast because of the, just because of inertia. And, mm-hmm. and it, and so that's explains why once it starts to collapse, why it just, it gets so thick that everything just kind of explodes out. And that's why the supernova happens. Those are my two times my mind was totally blown. In this yeah, that, that process totally is called gravitational science. collapse. Yeah, and it's just amazing. And these things we can, we, we can keep learning because the mm-hmm. things, there's just so much out there to see and we're gonna be able to see even more in the next few years. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. That's fantastic. I, I have one more question. Yes, if please. If we have time. Um, I was curious, uh, what, how does one become a planetarium director? <laughs> <laughs> And, um, huh. and okay, you and may not want to answer this because Devin's got her eye on your gig. <laughs> <laughs> hey. That's what she's doing no, right no, no, now. No, no, no. I'm, so I'm, let's I say that I wanted to assassinate staff. and supplant you. How would I do that exactly? <laughs> I am support staff, 100%. Nikki and I have discussed we, this. We are great, we are great first mates. First mates. Terrible exactly. captains. No, don't make so, me run the ship. I concur with this assessment. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but no, I'm, I'm curious. Sure. Um, well, you start out by being an astronomer or an astrophysicist. Mm-hmm. And, um, and which one are you? I'm both. Okay. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. Like... That's a way to get a leg yeah, up, I'm, right? I'm, 
I've, I've got uh, credentials in both of those. Dang y'all. And okay. um, you have to have a also a passion for not only doing the research, which obviously that's what we had to do in, when we were in school, but we also have to want to talk to people and mm. tell them about what's really out you there. You have to have that yeah, passion. Yeah, yeah. That, that, ha- that passion, passion has passion to be there. Passion has to be there. Uh, pass along. Even though that, you know, most of us are, are all introverts, which I am an introvert, <laughs> but when I get in front of people and start talking about this, I'm no longer introverted. Yeah. And that's, the, that's what allows the passion to come yeah. out and start talking about the, the wonders and the beauty of the universe. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's absolutely incredible what's actually out there. And like I've said before, that what we're learning now is just blowing away uh, pretty much all of us. Yeah, and what we're going to learn in just a few years. Oh, without a doubt, yes. It's going to blow us away. The more we get these kids interested in this, is they're the ones who are going to come up with new and fascinating things, and they're the ones who are going to finally get us our flying cars and (laughs) and get us on Mars. Jetpacks. Jetpacks. I'm not a believer in jetpacks. We've discussed this. Your buns are going to fall off. Yeah, it it would hurt. Lead lead pants. And lead pants, they're so heavy. Okay, so um, are we all agreed? add, like, 100 pounds. Are we all agreed? Are we going to knock off and go to the planetarium? I'll be there. I'll be there. I'm, I'm, Seriously. What, I'm, are you, what are you doing later, Tom? <laughs> well, Let's go. I know because I actually work in the mornings, and so I've had the morning show here at KOSU, so I actually will get off at around noon, and I will be heading over to the <laughs> On the On the eclipse party day? Yeah. Have August a I, I'll be I, there. Exactly I, what day is the August 21st? Party. August 21st. Right. I'm ditching my husband. He's going to school, and I am either driving to the border. There with you. Oh, oh, really? Or we're going, <laughs> or you and I are going to the science museum. I, take that day you off heard it here first. The My Let's school actually doesn't start. Seriously, it's a two. It's like it's like less than three hours. How far? How far north would we have to go to? We have to go to the Nebraska. We, no, we have to go to the Kansas Missouri. border. Um, it's actually in Missouri. That's, oh, really? Yeah. Uh, See, there's a, if you kind of draw so a middle close. line between where Kansas City is and St. Louis, it's going to be that's part of the path through uh, through Missouri. Oh, see, there so we go. So the drive to how far? How far a drive is that? Will Kansas City be in the full? Uh, they're going to get a lot in Kansas City. I, I don't remember the actual amount, but it's it's going to be quite significant. There we go. See, we might travel up there then. I, I know I'm going to the Science Museum of Oklahoma on August 21st. No, so agreed. Agreed. I, I I don't think I'm going to make the road trip, but. Yeah, you people can can. Uh, you got your website, which is Science Museum OK. Is That's that, correct. Yes. Yes. Science Museum OK, mm-hmm. okay. and um, um, and on, they're on that, you guys, that, sciencemuseumok.org. Dot org. Right. And you guys are on and Facebook on, and Twitter. Yes, we are. And also apparently have a YouTube channel, which is news yes. to me. But yeah. I'm gonna check yeah. it out. Oh, it's rad. Is it really? I've, mm-hmm. I've never tried that either. I, we'll have to uh, definitely try that out. Yeah, and on Twitter, it's Science Museum OK. Good deal. Yes. So. Are, and and Tom, are you personally on Twitter or Facebook or anything yeah. like that? Uh, I just have my personal account. There you go. Uh, you, which you y'all, want to tell which y'all can about keep that your or? nose out of. No. Thank you. All right. <laughs> That's right. So which you guys can just That's completely why personal. ignore. Fantastic. We look forward to August 21st and uh, pretty much starting at about 1130 is when, we, when things really start heating up. And That's you correct. you can come see us there. That'll be great. I'll be at there. Mike and I will Hopefully, be there. Hopefully, uh, if you get in Josh. We may, we may, the boy and I may kind of 
camp out the whole time. Dude. You should. Let's, you should. let's, let's have a party. Well, I'll be let's out front it. with the telescopes, and I'll be pretty easy to find. <laughs> and we'll come find you, and we'll, uh, well, maybe we'll do a little broadcasting, you know. That'll maybe be good. we'll do a little Just recording Just interviewing live. and putting yeah. on SoundCloud and uh, in our iTunes. Yeah. There you go. And maybe I'll make some Instagram movies. There we go. So, Oh, yeah. well, can, when, can you people shoot the... I guess phones, phones, cameras. Maybe don't. Yeah. Maybe do. Maybe Google how well your what camera was, can handle being the, pointed at the sun before you do it. I don't know. What was yeah. the thing with the leaves? You could if you, you basically us. taking yeah. the leave is the same thing as as a as a, a, a you can camera watch the obscura. Shadows. You just watch a hole in the leaf and you can actually it's the same thing as a camera obscura. As long as light can come through a hole, yeah. the sunlight comes through the okay, hole. Okay, so you'll are you see looking the shadow. at a hole like you're gonna have to show this to me because we're gonna have to fill, <laughs> we're you gonna make the hole in the leaf. You well. make a hole in the leaf and then you look through the leaf. No, no, no. You hold no, it over the ground. You hold the, you hold the, the leaf over, over the ground. ground. Right. Just yes. like you would it's with a camera. It's just obscura. like the camera obscura, except okay, instead of okay. a box, you're just, using the right. leaf. And instead of the opposite side of the box, you're using like the ground or whatever. Yeah. Solid. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. we can make a video of that. That'd be so, cool. So those we who are really bad at prepping. Grab a leaf. Grab a leaf. Grab a leaf. Grab a leaf. If you don't have time or to grab watch anything that YouTube with a hole video in it, that's and the grab a shoebox, yeah. then grab a leaf. And you're good anything to go. with a hole in it that you can see the sunlight through yes. it onto another surface, that's gonna that'll that'll do it. So anything with a hole in it. Basically. Now, plus the fact at, at Science Museum Donuts. Oklahoma, we will have the telescopes out front that will have uh, special filters on them. You could take your iPhone up there or whatever you have and put it up next to the eyepiece, which is totally protected. And you can image the whole thing right there. Oh, cool. Wow. Okay. There we go. That will be there. All right. All right. That's that's going to do it for our show. You can Firmly find us on our in. website at okigeek.com. Also on Twitter and Facebook at Podcast. That's also the address for our Gmail account. Would love to hear from you. You can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. And Devin, let's start with you. What are you? Where can we find you on the World Wide Web? Oh, you can find me on the Twitterverse at Wubba. That's Whiskey Unicorn Victor Victor Alpha. Nikki? I'm at Retro Robinson, and I'm also on the Okie Geek Facebook page. Josh, what's going on with you? Uh, you can find me at Joshua Unruh on Twitter, currently mostly talking about Winona Earp. Oh, we're girl, watching that now? Girl, yeah. why am I, why, why girl how do I not know this? Because uh, you're not paying attention to my Twitter like <laughs> all people know? should. Uh, planning... Uh, planning things we'll talk about it planning surprise parties and it is consuming my life um also i would like to remind our listeners that the second session of superhero university is coming right up we probably before august is out i'm still trying to line out all the dates but uh we will be talking about batgirl of burnside in this in this installment so if that sounds interesting to you go check out Patreon.com slash Pulp Diction Productions. Get or on that stick. Yeah, there or even go. if it doesn't sound interesting, listen to it. Well, yeah, you, you'll, learn, you'll learn things. Yeah, yes. You can also get the audio later as Superhero School, I'm sorry, Superhero University Batgirl. You can get that audio after the fact, but the patrons get to come to the live video presentations. Yeah. That'll be fun. Become a Patronus. And you can find me at KOSU Michael C. Be sure and subscribe to the podcast. Also rate us and leave a comment. Until next time, along with Tom Arnold, I'm Michael Cross. I'm Devin Green. I'm Nikki Robinson. And I'm Joshua Unruh. Reminding you to keep calm and geek on. <laughs>